0: This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim coming at you with a very special interview episode where we sit down with Bruna Papandrea of development and production company Made Up Stories.
1: Now, Bruna is a real producing powerhouse. She's very experienced. She's an Australian. She's been involved in TV shows like Big Little Lies, Nine Perfect Strangers, which is coming up, Wild, starring Reese Witherspoon. She's had a production company with Reese Witherspoon, and now she has her own production company alongside a whole bunch of talented people called Made Up Stories.
0: Just incredible. And she's the co-producer of the new Australian film The Dry and also Penguin Bloom.
1: Yeah, so I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Bruna Papandrea to chat about The Dry and Penguin Bloom and what exactly her role involves as a producer because it's very different in America to what it is here in Australia, you know, we like to knuckle down and do everything ourselves, and it's mm. definitely more involved when you're on Australian soil.
0: Okay, well, without further ado, Lee, let's listen to your chat with Bruna Papandrea.
2: Mm-hmm. Tell me
1: a How are you? Where in the world are you now? Are you up in Byron Bay? Is that? No, I'm in need for the death,
2: a few days.
1: Oh, good. Okay. How's that?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going back to Byron this week. Yeah, I'm back and forth a lot. Thank God, it's a nice little flight. How's the filming going on Nine Perfect Strangers? It's going great. Yeah, yeah. Touch wood. We touch a lot yes. of wood all goes well
1: does the restrictions make it a little bit more difficult or is everything kind of gone pretty much back to normal
2: no 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 we still follow every single like you know we basically follow every protocol they would if we as if we were shooting in LA so but yeah it's become quite normalized I think we test three times a week I quite like it I'm like I always know that I'm you know hopefully COVID, <laughs> so I like, I like the constant testing. How is it revisiting that world of
1: Leanne Moriarty with um, Nicole and a familiar team? Is it fun? This is my
2: fourth time in a row with Nicole. It's like, for, literally my fourth time, like, there's not been one gap, I just realized the other day. It's so fun, you know, when you, you know, love your collaborators like David Kelly and Leanne and It was so fun when Leanne came up to visit and it's great. And this is, you know, I feel this book's quite different to Big Little Lies. So it's kind of fun exploring this other universe with her. I'm a huge fan of Leanne's book. So I'm really looking forward to seeing
1: it. You've worked on some incredible international projects. How does it feel to be a driving factor in attracting such big international talent to Australia?
2: Yeah, look, it feels good. It's a strange time, obviously, because... There are also things that are bittersweet when you take a production from one place because you can't film there to bring mm. it to another. There's something bittersweet about it because thankfully people in the US are starting to go back to work and obviously the industry hopefully will start to recover. But, you know, it's, it's been pretty tough, obviously, for a lot of people. But it's great. You know, we've always shot here, as you know, we made two movies last year. But our hope was always to bring the big, some bigger international stuff here because I love, it's my favourite place in the world, obviously, to work. So to be able to bring, like, that big ensemble cast here is amazing. And then we're moving one of our other shows too. So, yeah, it's been great. It's been great experience, fantastic experience. It's a huge boost for the industry as well in such a challenging year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I think pretty soon it's going to be so busy we won't be able to get a group. But, uh, yes, it's a, we, we, were, we, we were very early, you know, in that craziness of lockdown to, to get this show up and running. So it's been wonderful. You know, we only really bought our director and DP and we've hired every single other person from Australia, so many of whom I've worked with before, you know, on different things. So it's been, it's been great to, to work with that group.
1: That's amazing. Um,
2: for people who might not
1: be aware of what a producer exactly does, can you give me a top line producer for dummies?
2: <laughs> I make jokes because Jody Madison, who's our production partner in Australia, is amazing. You know, Australian producers particularly, I think because we don't have that culture that LA has, which is like you either have to have a development track or a physical production track, you know, like that's kind of the way that America works a little bit. Here, you kind of have to do everything, right? You have to know how to identify material, Put a finance plan together, access that finance, make it, post-produce it, market it. So I I think that you know, obviously, that's for me what we do, what what I do as a producer is everything from identify and then build the best team to realise that vision, right? That's my job is to like bring the best group of people together to realise the vision of the first, the novelist often, then the screenwriter and then the filmmaker. So I always like to say that, and I can't remember, I feel like someone said this to me years ago, that the novel is the novel and then it must become a screenwriter's, and then it must become a filmmaker's. And at every stage, hopefully you've hired the best collaborators that that vision is cohesive, you know, and obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, depending on what it is, some novelists care less about uh, changing certain elements of their things than others do. You know, it depends. Every story is its own thing. But, yeah, I do make jokes to Jodie, our partner, because I think she knows a lot more. She knows a lot about a lot more than probably I do. They make jokes when I say, can I see a finance plan? They're like, why? You wouldn't understand it. It's like, well, would I would I not really? <laughs> Maybe I would. My husband makes the same joke. But I think that's for me, it's identifying something that can be filmed uh, through the screen, no matter what that is, it's TV or film, and then bringing the best collaborators together. I think of myself as the kind of gatekeeper, and that it's my job to make sure that we bring in great collaborators.
1: You've always been a big champion of heralding women's voices behind the screen and in front of the screen. Is that going to be the evolution of made up stories into the future?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to change course now. No, I mean, (laughs) I I mean, actually our movie that's coming out, The Drive falls a little bit outside of that. And I say this because it it falls outside of it in terms of what people might perceive we do, but it falls inside it in that it was created by a woman as her debut Mm -hmm. novel, Jane Harper. And, you know, we believe very strongly that women shouldn't be limited to telling stories about women either, you know, because men don't put themselves in any kind of, limited box never they could they Mm -hmm. do anything they want it's a little bit like audience like if i've made things with women at the center they're like well the audience is female i'm like no it's not actually it's kind of everyone you know so we Mm -hmm. battle this we still battle it all the time same thing well we're going to market to women the truth is even for something like The Dry, which obviously is a male protagonist, the female characters in it are so interesting and it was created by a woman in Jane. So our, I think our um, mandate is broad enough that we can, like if Jennifer Ken comes to me and says I want to make a movie with a man at the centre, I'm not going to say no to that because it's my job to empower her as a filmmaker. So that's kind of what we believe, that Um, And as we obviously evolve the company, it's also our jobs to continue to diversify in every single way, not just gender. You know, that's obviously another massive imbalance in our business that we have to help correct. I
1: love that. I'm also a huge fan of adapting books for the screen. I love a movie that's been adapted from a book mainly because there's so much sequel fatigue going on at the moment, like sequels upon sequels upon sequels. Is it a deliberate choice to predominantly adapt books?
2: Yeah, I don't think it was a deliberate choice so much. My, you know, my first big job was working for Anthony Mangella and Sydney Pollock, and, and at that time, Anthony, you know, had adapted already, you know, the English patient, the Townsend Mr. Ripley. He was in the middle of Cold Mountain when I started working for him. So that's where I kind of discovered and got access to reading books pre-publication. And mm-hmm. so that's where I fell in love with that part of it. So I think from, in some ways, the beginning of my career, it's been such a big Part of it, and I love books. And for me, you know, just to have that kind of basis uh, for me, just like creative inspiration and uniqueness of voice is often a great place to start. We do do originals too, but there must be a lot of risk involved in optioning a book that
1: hasn't been published yet. In the case of The Dry, yeah, I mean,
2: risk I think the risk is more the novelist, to be honest. They don't know what you know, like, I mean, I think it's really important. It's you always just have to go on your instincts. I've had books many books that we've optioned pre-publication that have gone on to become bestsellers. I've had many that didn't, but it didn't stop us making the film. You know, my movie Warm Bodies was a great example of that. It was it was no, I mean, he didn't have an agent, he didn't have a publisher. A friend of mine actually edited that book and she told me about it. When the book first came out, it was like, you know, a lot of it was, you know, he was self-publishing a lot of stuff. Isaac was a very young, brilliant, brilliant writer. And actually when the movie came out, I think it brought more attention to the book after the fact, which can sometimes happen, but it didn't stop me optioning it. It was such a unique and distinctive story. I knew that that would translate to film. We we always believe that the novel has to exist on its own and have its own success. You definitely have an instinct. Will this become a bestseller? Will it not become a bestseller? Nobody really knows what's going to resonate. What was it about The Dry and Penguin Bloom in particular that hooked you in? Well, they're very different books, obviously. The Dry, for me, I'd been really looking to do something big scope in Australia, you know, that that had an international, like that had a genre component, for instance, right? The Dry not only is this amazing character drama set in the middle of this incredibly drought-stricken town, but it also had this massive mystery at the center of it. So I'm always looking for, you know, I kind of say I'm genre agnostic because I just love, like, I've never seen the zombie movie, but I made one because I fell in love with the character. Same in some ways with Aaron right. before. Yeah. I just fell in love with that character, what he was running from and what he was trying to find and, you know, all those things. And I thought it had the tenets of like, you know, classic, a classic movie, you know, almost like a classic Western, but I just couldn't put it down. And I had no idea what was going to happen, which is always great. So I kind of think I can pick it. I often will just be ahead of it. With that one, I had no idea. and So that compelled me as a movie. And then with Penguin Bloom, which is obviously a photographic book with words, even before I read the book, when my friend Emma Cooper called me um, and she'd already given it to our other friend, Naomi, she was like, oh, you've got to read this book. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, can't do it, too busy, can't do it, can't. Looking at the ocean as I said this, I remember where I was standing. And then she was like, just watch the tra- the book trailer that Cameron Blue made. And so I remember watching that YouTube clip of the book trailer, it was two minutes, and I just remember putting, the, like, literally calling her up and saying, I have to do this. Because I was so moved by the uniqueness of that story. And then when I did read that book and Bradley's words, kind of combined with Sam and Cam's and those photos, I was just, you know, it's amazing to see something so visual already. You know, normally we're reading books and you're kind of trying to imagine the world. When you see the book of Penguin Bloom, it's, it's not a super big stretch to imagine how that's going to translate to film. But it was such an emotional experience because I just fell in love with this family and I'd never seen a movie like that. So that's kind of what I fell in love with in that case. How does it
1: feel seeing stories that you've resonated with so strongly come to life before your eyes, not even talking about the finished product, but just seeing it, the process and it coming to
2: life in front of you? Yeah, that's great. It's a good feeling. Sometimes it's not always the way you think it will be. And, you know, I'm not the filmmaker, but it's thrilling. I still get really excited, you know, even if we're mid shoot and we cut a teaser or, you know, to show the wrap, whatever it is, you know, I remember when we cut when we were shooting Penguin Bloom, we kind of like a, a tease at a show at the wrap party. And I just remember being so struck, like, you know, having just, you know, being really emotional. I get very excited still, you know, because it's hard when you're shooting something day in, day out, you're still not seeing it to cut together, you know, so mm-hmm. you are kind of in some ways such a process. I'm, I'm, I've been very lucky to make movies and TV shows also in kind of extraordinary places, you know, whether it's Monterey, you know, on the edge of those cliffs or wild in the, you know, Oregon mountain. Or mm. Penguin Bloom, you know, at the real Bloom House on the North Shore, the dry in the middle of Australia, you know. So I just, I always feel, I always feel quite lucky, like a Byron Bay now. I would mm. barely any time in Byron Bay. And I, I was always like, why is Byron Bay so popular? And I didn't really get it. Cause I was like, it felt, you know, like a small town to me. And now I'm like, oh, oh, I, I've spent time there. It's like in my skin. I'm like, oh, I totally understand why people gravitate to this amazing place. I still get very excited about it every time I step onto a film set, every time. It doesn't get boring.
1: That's so awesome. Um, I'm Being wrapped up, so I'm just going to ask you one last question. Mental health has obviously been a huge focus this year with everything that's been yeah. going on with COVID and everything. And I know also it's a, a big topic in the dry. What kind of considerations were taken from a production point of view in addressing that on the screen? Because I think violence is also a strong
2: yeah. part of it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's always, you know, I think we're always very careful, you know, when we do anything that deals with mental health, sexual assault, suicide, whatever we're dealing with. We, we, we hope that we do as much as we can to seek outside um, consult, whether it's therapists, victims, you know, books, whatever it is, you know, and Robert Connolly is a very um, studied caring, soulful guy. So, you know, I think in the choices that he made, even in the way that, that he navigates the past stories, he's, you know, very, no, nothing's ever glorified or exotified. you know, no violence that you see in that movie that is there unless it needs to be to tell the story, you know. So I think we're, we're always very careful in that sense. You know, Eric was very mindful of that as even though he's in the present day story, as you're guided through the kind of past story in the dry. I think that's very kind of carefully calibrated. Everything I've dealt with, domestic violence with big lies, you know, we we mm-hmm. do our best to make sure number one, that people understand the resources available, number two, that you know, we're portraying it in a way that is is uh carefully considered so I might just sneak one last one in. Um, there have been so many movies
1: pushed this year, obviously, and it's been a great year for cinema because of that. What movie are you looking forward to seeing next year that's not your own?
2: <laughs> oh, no, go on. that's not my own. I'm kidding. I've got to tell you, I'm really excited that I can go see Wonder Woman in the cinema. You know, it. like... <laughs> 1984 you know I mean with a bunch of girlfriends yeah I cannot wait I feel so lucky that you know we're going to be able to have that experience in Australia um I feel very emotional we we presented both Penguin Bloom and The Dry the other day and we stood in that cinema and I was very emotional and it reminded me that cinema is not dead in that sense people yeah. want to have that experience I want to have it everyone I know wants to have it and I think everyone in America is going to want to have it when the, the country starts to recover. And know. Does that sound shallow? Of course, Wonder Woman. No, i, I Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> the dry, and then Wonder Woman. No, of course, the dry penguin bloom, and then Wonder Woman. And then Wonder
1: Woman. Yeah. Nothing. Thank you so much Runa, you. for your time. Thank I really you,
0: appreciate you. it. Pleasure.
2: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> tell me a story
0: loved that chat lee that was so fantastic
1: she's really great isn't she
0: oh she's so great and look there were so many things that jumped out at me but one in particular which was really refreshing for filmmaking and the content that we get as audiences the fact that bruna is looking for new and distinctive stories as her focus as a producer mm. to bring us those movies and uh uh, yeah, that was really refreshing to hear that that's how she approaches her role as, as a producer.
1: I'm finding it really exciting that there's a focus on book to screen adaptations. Books are one of my favorite places to find really solid stories and you know it's always going to be really, really well structured and really compelling.
0: And she seems really engaged by that process as well, mm. finding a great story in a book and being that gatekeeper and bringing the right team together to be able to tell that story as a producer. Do you know what? I kind of want bruna to be my best friend
1: (laughs) she was so fun wasn't she
0: (laughs) she was so fun just really nice sentiment about her uh and a really great really great interview
1: now don't forget to check out our review of the dry which is in cinemas now and penguin bloom is coming to cinemas on january 7
0: well that was a very special interview episode of popcorn podcast with lee and tim thank you for listening
1: catch you next time
0: we have a website popcornpodcast.com. Go check it out. We've got all our episodes up there for you to listen to.
1: If you'd like to get to know us a little better, there's an about us section and we run giveaways. So keep an eye on the website for more information.